Kia ora whanau. So good to be here. It's just been um, our joy and privilege to think about coming to be with you guys this morning. We just, um, we, we really love you, Paul and Ruth. Just really love your leaders. They're amazing people. And we really love being with, this, um, with your church, with all of you guys. It just does feel like whanau when you get around you guys. It's really awesome. And so um, thank you for the privilege of being with you today. And um, I was, as I was just thinking about this morning and praying about it, um, I just felt um, like you were fed so well in this church. I felt like you were just fed so well on who you are in Christ and that Christ in you is the hope of glory. When I hear about the stories that, um, that uh, Ruth was talking about this morning, you think, man, that's just exciting stuff. That's Christ in action, isn't it? You know, it's absolutely beautiful. And, um, and I just, I, when, I, when I'm around you guys, I just know, I just feel a life that's in you, feel you're alive, you shine, and I just felt like you're going to be um, a bright light um, throughout, this, throughout New Zealand. I really felt like this morning you were going to actually, and I just saw that picture of, of um, your, you know, you radiating out of um, Northland, but out of into New Zealand, and I just felt that you were going to be just a, a bright, shining light in this nation be, and, and throughout Northland because you know your identity. You know it's actually Christ doing the life that's living out of you, and I just felt like you were a forerunner into the nation because you knew that, you know that, and you're walking in that. You're walking in it. It's Christ in you is walking through you in your businesses. It's Christ living his life now in your business. It's Christ living his life in you, in your schools and in your families and in your um, in your uh, farms and just in every part of life, Christ is living his life out of you and through you. So I just wanted to honor you, love you, tell you, just, just join with you in what, what God's doing in your family and just enjoy that. So yeah. thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Vicky. And uh, thank you, Excite Church, for the just the um, joy and privilege of being here with you today. Um, as you will be aware, um, today is the start of a new series um, called Stop and Go. And, uh, you know, this morning as we just um, begin to consider this whole theme, I guess it'll run for a month or so, on Stop and Go, I wanted to, um, as we just um, launch out into this subject, um, I wanted to just um, share some thoughts with you that I believe will um, give you a context, it'll give you a, a, a perspective on this um, theme. And some of you may be wondering, well, what's this all about? Stop and go. Uh, just hold on tight. And we'll, by the end of the service, I think you'll begin to get a glimpse of a, an, an awesome understanding that can help you so much as you walk out your Christian life. As a starting point this morning, um, the place I want to start is this. You know, the Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And our starting point this morning is this, is that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We have a relationship with a heavenly Father. We have, we're being accepted into a wonderful family. We are now called the sons and daughters of God. And why this is such an important thing is with this um, born-again experience, as our sister was sharing with us, that happened for her through the fireworks event. Isn't that awesome? A fireworks event, and you come to know Jesus. Oh, that's so cool. 
Well, through this new born-again experience, we gain a, a reconnection to our Heavenly Father, and we begin to be led, or, or God's intention for us is to be led by the Holy Spirit. Formerly, before we knew Christ, we ran our own life. And uh, some of us could tell some bad stories about how that turned out. But when we've come to Christ and we surrender to Him and we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct our lives, we position ourselves to begin to experience all of that God promises us in the Scripture. And so Romans 8.14 tells us those that are the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. So God wants us to understand and begin to learn how to hear and how to respond and how to recognize the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And I want to tell you this, it's the beginning, when you surrender your life to Christ, it's the beginning of an exciting journey of, of being led by the Holy Spirit. And I was so excited this morning as Pastor Ruth just shared about her week. Isn't that fantastic? I thought that is so good because despite all the, what the world would call negative situations that have been presenting in her life this week, she's praising the Lord and saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm so secure in your love for me that whatever happens in my life and around my life, I know that all things will work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. During the worship this morning, I had a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. It says, in all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I don't know whether that was for Pastor Ruth. I think she's already doing that. But there may be someone here this morning. Your circumstances are contrary. They seem to be difficult. The bottom's falling out. Well, I believe the Lord's saying to you today, give thanks. Give thanks. You know, uh, the enemy of our souls absolutely hates it when we give thanks in the difficult situations of life. And so as a starting point this morning, I want to encourage you that in our previous life, fear led us. The culture of our society led us. Our family traditions led us. Some of them were good and some of them were bad. But all sorts of things influenced our life. But now, now, in connection with the Heavenly Father, we're able to be led by Him. Fear doesn't lead us anymore, but the wonderful love of God that is uh, upon every one of us today begins to absolutely dictate the circumstances of our life. And so Jesus in the Scripture is the perfect representation of one led by the Holy Spirit. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. He said, I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. And he said, I'm here and I'm there as I'm sent by my Father. And so our desire as believers is to be in his will, to being, being led by the Holy Spirit and to uh, fulfill our lives now living the same way Jesus did, led of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we uh, just uh, want you to be sure about that this morning, that the first thing you need to understand, that as we walk in, the, in, in our walking out our Christian life, we, have, we come across situations that seem to be difficult and hinder. We come across situations that seem to stop us. 
and we come across situations where everything flows along nicely. And you know, when the contrary circumstances of life come, we need, we've got to be anchored in this one beautiful fact that Father loves us. Everything that takes place in life now is in the context of a Father who absolutely 100% loves you. And His destiny and purpose in your life is 100% good. I didn't always understand or believe that. And in recent years, I've come to understand in such an incredible way that nothing, nothing, nothing can ever happen in my life that will separate me from His amazing love. And Romans 8 tells us that, that there is nothing, neither death, nor life, nor trouble, nor difficulty, nor problems, nor nothing. Who, who can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, nobody, absolutely nothing can happen that will ever separate me from the love of God. And so with that foundation, and we need to camp in the Word and... and, 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 and Get uh, an understanding and revelation that this perfect love of God casts out fear. It destroys the capacity of the negative difficulty of life to control you and pull you down and destroy you. Because you know nothing can happen to you or to those you love or to anything around you that can ever separate you from His love. A wonderful place to live. And as that, we build that foundation, then we can launch out into life knowing that whatever happens in the circumstances of life, God is with us. I want to just encourage you with this this morning. Um, God is not a red light God, primarily. There are times in our lives where He, he puts up a stop sign and He says, No, son, daughter, not, that's not now, or that's not for you, or that's not the right direction. He does do that. And, when he, and we're going to look at some examples in Scripture where God put, red, he put stop signs in front of people to redirect them, to alter their circumstance, to take them in another direction. God does that. But the thing is, God is primarily a green light God. He's primarily a green light God. Early in my Christian life, I was more concerned about, I was so concerned that I might do something wrong I never tried too much. I never stepped out of the comfort zone too much. But as life's gone on, I realized he's a green light God. He's yes. He's yes. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And as you take that into your heart, that God, when you've got a dream, when you've got an idea, when you've got a thought, provided it's come as you've submitted your life to Christ and out of love for Him, you're seeking Him about the directions and the decisions of life, move forward in confidence. He'll stop you if you need to be stopped. He'll redirect you if you need to be redirected. But He's primarily a green light God. Don't be afraid to step out into things and fear you'll make a mistake. You are going to make mistakes. We all do. But the love of God is so great and so powerful that He takes our mistakes and He turns them around and He brings incredible good and blessing out of them. So we've got nothing to lose by stepping out in the will of God. He's a green light God. And as we take that on board, we are that He is a green light God. Uh, we're, uh, 
realize this, we're all learning now as sons and daughters how to walk in the Spirit. And yes, we're going to make a few little wrong turns, but it's all right. He's got us. We're sons and daughters. Man, you never gave your little two-year-old a smack because he didn't step right or walk confidently, did you? You just said, come on, boy, you're walking. You know, when he took some steps, you just celebrated that that little fellow was, you know, he was beginning to walk, you know, wobbly and, you know, he wasn't too good. But he got it and he's walking great today. You know, when we step out and we want to hear his voice, and we want to do what God wants us to do. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. It's okay. You didn't do anything to create this kingdom of God and there's nothing you can do to destroy it. So just take confidence that God is a green light God. So yes, there is times when he may just say, no son, that's not the right direction for now. No, my daughter, not that right now or this way or that way. He wants to lead us and we want to be led. And uh, the first thing is this, when we step out to go after the will of God, we're, we're, we're wanting to do what He wants us to do, make sure the Bible supports what you want to do. Find the principle in here where you can anchor the desire of your heart and see it's a godly thing, it's a right thing, it's a kingdom thing. And so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is follow the peace of God in your heart. You know, when you're heading in the wrong direction, I've found that because the Spirit of God is in us, things will get pretty uh, churned up inside if you're going the wrong way. And it's a good thing to listen to that because it's a warning often. The Lord's saying, no, 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 no. No, not that way, son, not that way. Uh, just hold up, wait up here, um, and seek more understanding. So the peace of God, the Word of God, the peace of God. And then your brothers and sisters around you, when they're saying, no, 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 listen up, you know, they're usually the Lord is using your brothers, the family around you to help you recognize a stop in your life. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's learning how to, you know, we were learning, we're all learning to recognize the, um, the, the stop situations. You know, um, I don't know about you, when I'm driving down the road, and there's a lot of them around at this time of year, they're fixing the roads. And you're driving along and you see the old lollipop in the distance, you know, the stop, the, 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 the green, you know, the green for the go and the red for the stop. Uh, look, I just want to tell you, I'll be honest about my own heart with the, the, the stop go. If it's green, man, I'm pretty much ignoring those speed limits and I'm going, I want to get on, I want to catch it. I want to catch the green, you know. <laughs> And if I get on the, the tail end of the green queue and he turns the red behind me, I go, yes. <laughs> and how many when you're driving up to the lollipop and it just turns red before you got there? And you, uh, uh, sit there and wait. Do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> we don't like the stop. And most of the time you... You know, sometimes you can see what they're doing. They're repairing the road. Sometimes they've got a few corners between you and where they're working. So they're sitting there going, we're stopped. Don't know what's going on. Um, they want to be, they're probably doing something, but we're stopped. Life's like that too. Sometimes you'll get a, a stop, but you don't know what's around the corner. God does. God does. 
you can't always see the reason why God changes and puts a stop sign in front of you. So the, the things that come to us in life, um, overcoming this, you know, sometimes when God puts a stop in front of you, there's a number of reasons. Sometimes he wants to uh, redirect us another direction. Sometimes he wants to uh, teach us something um, in that circumstance. Other times he wants us to actually recognize, is the stop really him or is it coming from another source? And one of the greatest things I've found difficult in life is recognizing when God's stopping me and when the devil's stopping me. Sometimes I think, I used to think it was only ever the devil. So everything negative and everything opposite, I'm not stopping. And I'd fight it with all my heart. And then I come to realize sometimes that God wanted me not just to attack every situation and overcome every circumstance, but there's some circumstances of life where God's trying to get your attention. He's got something in the stop that He wants you to learn and understand. And so, um, profiting from our situations and learning how to know what, again, it comes down to this simple principle, just listen to the Holy Spirit. When you come across a circumstance or a difficulty or um, a situation that's holding up the plan, the purpose, the dream that you have, you can do two, what God wants us to do is to stop and to listen. Sometimes he'll say, attack it, you know, call the intercession team, pray, stand in the word and overcome. And other times he'll say, son, there's a reason for this. And it's because I want to show you something or I want to redirect you. You thought it was this way, but I want to show you it's just this way. It's slightly different, or it's over this way, and then you're able to move on. So it's learning how to recognize the different stops and how to respond to them. Of course, God is primarily green. And so um, when, you know, the things that are go are all the things that the Bible says are great and good. The peace and joy comes when you're standing in the will of God and uh, there's no disturbance within. Things fall into place. Sometimes there's amazing supernatural supportive circumstances and everyone rejoices in the will of God. So yes, we will make mistakes as we learn how to hear the Holy Spirit telling us to stop and telling us to go. But the thing is this, God wants us to move. Someone said this, you know, when the ship's tied up to the wharf, the helmsman can turn the rudder all he likes, but the ship's never going to change direction. And so you've got to be moving. And that's why I think the Lord is a green light God. He wants us to start in directions and move. You know, when we feel the witness or the, a tug or a vision or a dream is welling up within us, start to move toward it. And, but just listen. Just start moving toward it and say, God, and listen for the nudge of the Holy Spirit. As we move, God directs us. And the Bible says this in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so you're all sheep today. You hear the voice of God. Say that to your neighbor. I hear the voice of God. I hear him. That's right, you do. And he has no favorites. He wants to speak to us all. 
Now, another thing along the way is God wants us to learn how to respond to the gentlest nudge within. Sometimes he speaks loud. Sometimes it's a gentle nudge. The Bible says that Jesus was moved by compassion. Moved by compassion. Simply the, the anointing of God within him, would he would feel compassion toward a person sick, a person in need, and he would respond. You know, those are the, the finer touches of the being led by the Holy Spirit. Learning how to hear him when he's just a nudge and just a whisper and learning how to hear that and respond. You know, um, his life in us, moving us in all that we do. Christ is our life. And uh, he is the one supremely obedient and desiring the will of the Father. And so as we surrender fully to him, he's able to work through us. I wanted to just um, share a few examples from Scripture uh, that may help you this morning. One of them is John 11. Jesus, this is the story of Lazarus, and you know it, probably know it quite well, so I'm not going to take too much time here. But the interesting thing is this, and you've probably even seen this and thought about this before. Lazarus was sick. Lazarus and his two sisters were great friends of Jesus. And Lazarus became very, very sick. And... Uh, and they, so they came to tell Jesus. Jesus was in another town. And they sent to Jesus and they said, um, Lazarus, he whom you love is sick. That's a great way of putting it to the Lord, isn't it? <laughs> That's designed to pull the compassion. He whom you love, Lord, he's sick. So Jesus hears about Lazarus' sickness. And he says, this sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The upshot of this is Jesus stays two more days in the place where he is. That's fascinating to me. What would you do if someone you dearly loved, a friend, a close friend, someone comes and tells you your friend whom you love, your good friend, is really, really sick? What would you do? Come on now. I know what you would do. You'd jump in your car. And you'd race down there as quick as you could get there to support your friend. Jesus stays two more days where he is. <laughs> Isn't that challenging? And what happens? Lazarus dies. And his two sisters go, they know who Jesus is. They know he has healed the sick and raised the dead and done so many amazing miracles. And they're confronted with a circumstance that's outside their paradigm of thinking. Jesus, if you loved Lazarus, why did you stay two more days and not come and heal him? You know why? Because when Jesus got there, you know what he did? He raised Lazarus from the dead. Higher purpose. Higher purpose. And that's, those are one of the, the, the interesting, challenging things of life. When you set out and you want to do something good and and, 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 you know, if Jesus had gone and laid hands on Lazarus and he got up and walked, we would have said, wonderful, Jesus. That's just like you, Dad. That's awesome. You know, you heal the sick and raise the dead. Jesus stays two more days. Lazarus dies. God had a greater purpose. And that's often difficult to see in the hard times of life. But there's reality situations where we, sometimes God doesn't come 
when a difficult situation comes and something appears to really oppose us and something is difficult, he doesn't come instantly. We wonder about his love. How many of you doubted the love of God at times through the circumstances of life? Man, I have. I've said, God, you're a God of love, but, but. But later on, later on, you see what you could not see around the corner, and then you go, God, you, you are so amazing. I could never have seen that. And so these sisters not only had a brother who had died, they had a brother who lived again, resurrected, walking around and becoming an incredible testimony of the greatness of God through Lazarus. So here's a situation. There was like, God put a stop sign in front of Jesus and said, no, son, not yet. So he stays two more days where he is. Oh, that's, that's really, <laughs> that's challenging stuff, isn't it? What about the Apostle Paul? He's surely, um, you know, there's some great, um, wonderful, well, the greatest stop and go in the Bible is probably the Apostle Paul. He's going hard one direction and God stops him, turns him around, gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and he goes the exact opposite direction. That's a really radical one. But Jesus, um, uh, uh, sorry, Paul, later on in his life, um, he wants to go and preach the gospel. And he's on his mission trips. And in Acts 16, it says that um, he, had, he had come through um, Derby, Lystra, and, and there he had um, taken Timothy as an apostle or a, a trainee disciple with him, trainee apostle. And then in verse 6, it says, When they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Did you get that? Holy Spirit said, No, you're not allowed to preach there. That's outside our paradigm, isn't it? Here's the apostle Paul called to the Gentiles, but God says to him, No, Paul. I don't want you to go into Asia. So he says, oh, that's all right, Lord. They came along the road a bit further to Mysia, and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Another stop. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. God had a plan. And so they went into Macedonia, which was the, uh, the um, Greek-speaking area predominantly, um, uh, Philippi, Corinth, um, a lot of the, 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 the cities there. They preached the gospel, had great moves of God. Later on, um, down another few chapters into Acts 19, you see that they get back across into um, Ephesus, and Paul begins to preach the gospel. There has an incredible move of God in Ephesus, and he, then he, 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 he takes up a a teaching role in a place called the School of Tyrannus. And over a two-year period, it says all of Asia heard the gospel. All of Asia. Now, this is where he wanted to go a few years, years earlier, but the Lord said, no, not yet. No, not now. And so there's, there's something precious about this, that if we can learn to cooperate and recognize when the Lord is putting a, 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 a no in front of us, he, it's not because he doesn't want to achieve something great and mighty. It's not because he doesn't want to use us. It's not because we're not worthy or any of that stuff. It's because he's got a greater plan. 
He's got a greater plan. And if you can, if you can just interpret the difficulties in your life and see that God, through most of the difficulties in your life, has a greater plan. He's got a greater plan than what you can see right now. And so this is the, the joy of learning how to hear the stops and goes in life. What about Philip? He's preaching the gospel and, and having an amazing revival um, in Samaria and the apostles come down in Acts 8 and they lay hands on, they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they head back towards Jerusalem and, and the Lord says to Philip, Go down to the south road out of Jerusalem, the desert. And I just, when I read that, just recently I thought, the, the angel that spoke to him wanted to really get it across to Philip. It's okay, Philip, I'm taking you out of the revival. And he says, go down to the south road out of Jerusalem, the desert. All right. How many of you been taken out of a place of life and put in the desert? Man, do you think you've missed it. But Philip is obedient and he goes down onto the south road into the desert and he's thinking, probably thinking to himself, what am I doing down here? All the actions up in Jerusalem and Samaria. God, what are you doing? And there he sees a chariot going by and the Holy Spirit says, catch it, run after that chariot. And he gets up beside it and he hears the, the man reading the book of Isaiah. And he says, do you know, do you understand? And he says, no, no, come up and help me understand. Long story short, he gets born again, gets water baptized, and God um, then takes Philip out of the situation. Bam. <laughs> Amazing. But the thing is, uh, this life journey of being led by the Holy Spirit is full of wonderful surprises. I want to share a couple of personal stories with you now. When I was in Bible college, I'd, in my early years, were farming. And I end up in Bible college, and uh, during those Bible college years, um, of course, there was young men in the Bible college, and there was young women in the Bible college. And uh, during those years, of course, there was relationships that formed. Um, and during that season, there was one young lady in the Bible college. Um, she was uh, very interested in me, but I had real no peace inside. And then... I got really interested in another young lady who was a Christian. She was not in the Bible college. Um, and I was definitely interested. But the Lord said again, no, no peace. And so, okay, Lord, you know, this is really hard. You know, in a relational situation for a young person, when the person that you're attracted to, but the Holy Spirit says no, it's very difficult. And then after that, there was a third one. And she was really keen on me. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But she was very um, keen and not shy about it either. Um, so like, what am I going to do with this one? Again, the Holy Spirit said, no, no. And I went up to Moitua as a single young guy. Um, and four, five years later, um, Vicky came on the scene. And I think the Lord was, um, because of that earlier experience, God wanted to really tell me that now it was right. And so he told everyone else. 
before he told me. <laughs> so much so that our good friends in Kawakawa started a prayer meeting. And they said, I said, Howie, we just want to have this little prayer meeting and we're just going to invite you and Vicky. So I blindly go along and discover later that their intention was just to get us in contact. <laughs> but they knew by the Holy Spirit, everyone around was going, yes, 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 Vicky's here because, you know, God's in this. And so the witness around us was phenomenal. And uh, I think I only was going out with Vicky for five weeks or three weeks and asked her to marry me, six weeks. But anyway, um, a wisdom prevailed and they said, lest you shock the youth group. We were involved with youth leadership. You can't just um, meet Vicky and six weeks later get married. <laughs> so, so they said six months. But anyway, here we are. But I, I'll tell you what, today I am incredibly grateful to the Holy Spirit, that he directed me in the choice and led me into a relationship with the right person in my life. And today, we've had 30 years of incredible life and joy and victory. So that's just a little word for the young people. And I'm out of time, but I just want to share you one more really, really quickly. Um, some years later, we were going to set off on holiday and um, one of the things I find that happens when you've got a lot of things on your mind and you're trying to get everything in the vehicle and you're trying to get your kids and five children in the van and, and we got everything in and off we go down the road, 200 meters down the road, ah, forgotten something, turn around and go back. And then we set off again and we get, we get down the road another five or 600 meters, ah, forgotten something, turn around, go back. Then I get, next time I get three Ks to Kawakawa. Ah, we've forgotten something again. Turn around, go back. By this time, I'm not really um, exhibiting the grace and patience of the Lord. I'm frustrated. And I'm, you know, verbally frustrated. Ah! And so we go, we turn around. Well, we turn around in the garage in the service station. We go park, we see a couple of cars filling up with gas, and we turn around and we go back, get home, get what we needed on our way. Uh, eight k's down, ten k down the road at Toai, which is a massive accident, and the two cars that were in the gas station both involved in the accident. And suddenly you begin to go, "Wow, wow, God, you were in that circumstance that seemed to be frustrating and negative. God was in it, bringing about His will and delivering us from who knows what." I just want to. In closing out this morning, I want to encourage you, if you can learn to recognize the stops and respond rightly, your life will take on a whole new dimension. If you can learn to recognize when, when the Lord is in the circumstance and He's wanting to redirect you, He's wanting to show you something, He's wanting to save you from something, He's wanting to do something. Some of you may be needing to recognize some little stops the Holy Spirit's putting around you this morning. Others of you may be sitting and in, in not bold to launch out and do some stuff that the Lord's nudging you to do. I want to encourage you. If the light is green, what are you waiting for? 
because greater that the, the, the very Lord Jesus is in you, making you adequate for what He's calling you to. Sometimes God calls us, He does, He calls us huge, often to big dreams. And we go, what, me? No, arise and go forward in God. Some of you listen to stops and some of you arise. I just want you to, right now, and we can just begin to just lead us in a song. Thank you. I want you just to, right where you are, just to respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. Do you need to stop and hear something that He wants to redirect you in? Or do you need to arise and go forward? Which way is the lollipop for you? Stop or go? As you are able to respond to that, God will lead you into a wonderful place. God bless you. Let's just worship. And you, you know what you need to do. Just listen and respond. God bless you.